Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. During its black and gold era, NXT was a force to be reckoned with, and its collection of performance center standouts and indie superstars became big enough fish that the small pond simply wouldn't do anymore. However, a lot of the developmental system's greats were brought up to the main roster and basically left out to dry in the sun. I'm Sai for What Culture Wrestling, and here are 10 NXT black and gold stars Triple H built and Vince McMahon destroyed. Number 10, The Ascension. It's remarkable that Connor and Victor got to do what they did. And what they did was dominate the show's early years. Whilst the scary lads physically dismantled local team shtick is pretty overdone, the Ascension were at least fun to watch. For fans that weren't too bothered by their in-ring work, the duo were at least established as a great foe for a babyface team to eventually triumphantly topple. The Ascension held the NXT Tag Team Championships for a still unbeaten 364-day reign. But Vince's understanding of the Ascension was just like the Road Warriors, so they came to the main roster sporting leather and face paint. And then, for whatever reason, he decided that this idea should be laughed at. For the first few weeks of the team's high-profile run, the commentary team was instructed to point and make fun of how they were inferior to the team that Connor and Victor had been instructed to copy. It set a horrible precedent. Number 9, Adam Rose. Now, these kind of fun-loving gimmicks tend to have a ceiling with their placement on the card, but Rose got over fast. He showed off his versatility to effortlessly play the part of the Russell Brand inspired party animal and had incredibly catchy music to boot. After a year on NXT, he was catapulted to Raw. Here, Rose was quick to enter a story with one of his many Rosebud valets. The bunny had been a tag team partner before he turned into an adversary. Whilst comedy is absolutely a part of wrestling and this bizarre feud maybe had its moments, it didn't do anything for anyone in the long run. After a year on Raw, Rose had dismissed his Lapin friend and turned his back on his fun-loving ways. From here, he flopped between an artist gimmick, a gossip, and part of the ragtag stable The Outcasts until no interest in him remained. The party was truly over. Number 8. Emma What's special about NXT is that it has a very dedicated audience. Emanating usually from the same location, it often has the same fans in attendance to the point where these people have absolutely become part of the show. The Australian star's awkward entrance rap dance to her bleepy bloopy theme music had gotten spectacularly over amidst NXT's local audience. But in front of a massive crowd with no prior lead up to it, it meant nothing. Beyond the first few weeks, it was clear Vince and the writers room had no plan for Emma's trajectory. After a second stint in NXT crafting a solid heel gimmick, she returned to Raw and SmackDown only to be underutilized. This was dropped and audiences were then given an extended tease for the makeover dubbed Emmalina. This flirty gimmick was totally unproven and then abandoned before it made TV. As such, Emma came out onto the ramp and 
basically shrugged it all off. Emma's WWE career is one sadly marked by transparently half-assed booking decisions. Number 7. Retribution Whilst Retribution didn't exist in NXT, each member at least had some amount of appearances in the black and gold brand. Shane Thorne was a part of TM61, an underappreciated addition to NXT's tag division. Mia Yim was a stalwart of the brand's women's division. Dominic Dijakovic always delivered, especially in his captivating feud with Keith Lee. And Mace appeared to be a promising prospect. However, the margin for error is a gulf that T-Bar, Mace, Slapjack and Reckoning tripped and fell into. A total lack of stories and credibility made them feel as though they were the latest incarnation of the job squad, which turned out to be essentially correct. The group wound up wasting the main roster chances of Dijak, who has returned to NXT, and Thorne, who jumped to a Crocodile Dundee gimmick for a cup of coffee before he was out the door. Yim might be performing as Meechin now, but she did get released between now and then. Ironically, only Mace, who had limited NXT appearances before this, really managed to survive the disaster and the after effects of being in retribution. Number 6. Tyler Breeze A solid start in FCW led to one of NXT's strongest first characters, with the selfie stick-wielding narcissist leaving his mark on the promotion. It goes to show not only the trust Triple H had in Breeze, but also his placement on the card that he was the worker approved to go toe-to-toe with Jushin Thunder Liger. The Japanese cruiserweight legend had two matches in WWE in his career, and one of them was against Prince Pretty. Not long after this, Breeze headed to the main roster, and it became apparent very quickly that Vince didn't really care for him in the same way that Papa H did. Breeze had his own little cordoned-off seating area ringside for a couple of weeks, where he sat and cast judgement alongside his new valet, Summer Rae, which honestly were promising ideas. And then he lost his debut match against Ambrose, went on to lose his debut feud against Ziggler, dropped Summer Rae, and immediately went into the dreaded losing streak gimmick. Breeze found his footing here and there with the likes of the goofy brilliance that was the tag team Breezango, but that wound up being another example of untapped potential when it trailed off. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Number five, Karrion Cross. In truth, Karrion Cross was never the huge star that he was supposed to be in NXT. As champion, he was certainly put in the tough situation of being the de facto face of the brand during one of the toughest periods, but to more than that, he felt like he was an odd fit. Still, he was given a killer presentation and booked as a legitimate threat. Cross's run in NXT was quite a short one before he was drafted to the main roster. At the very least, maybe it was here where things would start to make sense, right? Well, how does a 90-second debut loss to Jeff Hardy and the most nonsensical gimmick change ever strike you? Yet another example of Vince's Legion of Doom obsession, Cross was put in red and black straps and a mask. Instead of an imposing road warrior, though, he looked like he'd fallen out of the closet of a dollar store fetish shop. It was embarrassing to watch, so goodness knows how Cross didn't just disappear within himself on that ramp as he could hear the crowd laughing at him. Still, even now, the WWE booking team have a lot of work to do to come back from this rancid memory. Number four, Shinsuke Nakamura. When it happened, Shinsuke Nakamura signing with WWE was ground-shaking news. The reveal that the King of Strong Style was coming to NXT was a little surprising because it felt like a massive downgrade to go from performing at the Tokyo Dome to Full Sail University. But in retrospect, we wouldn't have had Nakamura versus Zayn without it, possibly NXT's finest hour. It's easy to argue that Nakamura couldn't match this height of excitement for the remainder of his NXT run, but he still brought with him an undeniable essence of charisma and intrigue. However, this dripped away during his time in the main roster. To salvage it, WWE did a rather incredible thing by putting him into a WrestleMania program with his former New Japan nemesis AJ Styles. And then he started kicking people in the balls. Suddenly, the aura was shattered. In the five years since, Shinsuke has done frighteningly little. His United States title reign is almost as forgettable as the years he spent teaming with Cesaro. Number three, The Revival. During the black and gold era of NXT, tag team wrestling was a must watch. The roster of incredible units that came through the developmental brand was unmatched, with The Revival being amongst the best. The no-nonsense brawlers just clicked with everyone and routinely stole the show. When it came to the main roster, well, they were barely on the show. Now, wrestling is silly and some characters can do comedy and absolutely either get away with it or find their calling Hello Kurt Angle. But not even WWE's best comedy characters could make what The Revival were given work. Their run in WWE is unfortunately painfully remembered best as the tag team that apparently deserved mockery when the Usos found them shaving each other's backs. Comedy gear leaked of the pair in brightly coloured bandanas and red lipstick is genuinely unbelievable. From a total joke to being regarded as two of AEW's top guys. Number two, Sasha Banks. Under Triple H's watch and the profound influence of Dusty Rhodes, it was clear that Sasha Banks was going to be a major player. She connected with crowds of all sizes, worked some of the finest matches in NXT history, and became a sign of the change to come within WWE's women's division. Unlike others on this list, Banks had undeniable success on the main roster. By the time she left WWE, she had a combined six reigns with the two women's top titles and closed out night one of WrestleMania 37 alongside Bianca Bell with a match of the year contender. However, reports of Banks' apparent unhappiness weren't uncommon in her final run as she tried her darndest to make the women's tag division a meaningful place despite plainfully 11th hour booking. Banks' breaking point came on May 13th, 2022 when she and tag partner Naomi dumped their belts on the desk of John Laurinaitis and walked out. Vince McMahon's chastising words of disappointment came out of Michael Cole's mouth on commentary the next week, adding further insult and likely burning their own end of the bridge. Six months later, Banks, now as Mercedes Monet, debuted in Japan and won the IWGP Women's Championship in short order. And number one, Keith Lee. 
Let's rewind. The force of nature that he had become on the indies, Lee appearing in NXT, really just seemed like a foregone conclusion. Sure enough, he came, he saw, and he kicked ass. Everything about the big man was over, from his persona to his music to his hard-hitting but agile in-ring style. He remains the only man to hold both the NXT Championship and North American Championship at once. So his debut on Raw in 2020 spelt out the rest of his time in the company plainly. His original theme that featured himself on vocals was replaced with a cruddy two-minute rock riff. He was wearing a singlet that just screamed Vince has a problem with my size. And eventually he started going by the moniker Bearcat Lee, proving that the Limitless One had no control of his own destiny. Shortly thereafter he was released from the WWE, marking the end of one of the most hard-to-watch downfalls of a hopeful star ever. Whilst Keith Lee might have been the only man in NXT so far to hold both those titles at once, he narrowly missed out on featuring in our 10 best champions of NXT's black and gold era. Find out who made the cut by clicking on this video right now. Let us know down in the comment below which of Triple H's stars do you feel like Vince destroyed the most and of course like this video and subscribe. Head over to whatculture.com for more content every day. I've been Cy for WhatCulture and have a good week.